I'm Brittany Ashley. And I'm Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Sadder World, the podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. Good morning, Laura. Bright and early, I am trying to guzzle this coffee. So, some good news coming really in. Good, really good news. Coming in at the very end is that Daria's back on Hulu. They truly waited. No, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's good news, and it's sort of like, really? News. Come on. Yeah. Because. I believe, if I recall correctly, they had it on Hulu, and then it was taken off right as we were beginning this podcast, and then almost perfectly, it is timed with coming back. But you know what? That is good news, because it means that if you want to go back and re-listen to Sickers Outer World, you can pop those sweet apps on Hulu and do so, or you can invite your friends to listen, and now they can for sure watch the show for free assuming they have hulu yeah i feel like that was also a major obstacle of like how the fuck do i watch this show i mean even when i didn't have the dvds handy i just have to like find bootleg copies like where the frames were was completely mirrored mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you think i mean I, I assume they did that in reaction to the the news of a possible reboot totally yeah they're like already investing in it by being like hey remember how great this show was when, guess what? We've all known all along. Yeah, fingers been on all the pulses. So another fun thing happened last week, which is that I got a message from a fan of the pod. They were telling me that, you know, they loved this podcast as well as another podcast that I'm doing uh, called Don't Tell the Babysitter Mom's Dead. She was like, hey, in another episode, I had heard you talk about Spring Hill Mall and about Woodfield Mall. And I was just curious, um, are you from the Chicago suburbs? Because that's where I'm from. And I was like, oh, yeah, I actually grew up in Stream 1. And she's like, weird. I grew up in Stream 1, too. And then she named the elementary school that she went to. And I was like, huh, that's where I went to elementary school, too. And then she texted her brother, who is my age. And it turns out that she is the sister of the first guy I ever dated in second grade and who was my first kiss. Stop. Wait, your first kiss ever? Yes. I would go to his house. We'd play hide and go seek and then we'd go like kiss under his bunk bed. Mm, Classic. Yeah. Do you remember your first kiss? When was your first kiss? I don't really know what to count as my first kiss because... Because you did it all in one one session. (laughs) Yeah, like what part of the body counts as your first kiss? No. (laughs) Um, because technically the first time that I kissed someone in that way was, was couched in like, uh, truth or dare game. Yeah. I mean, did you like feel anything or was it like, yeah, that's the thing. It was, it was, um, a guy that like, I felt a little bit of a crush on in that moment. And that kind of became the way that we, that it came about. So I don't know if that would be considered a first kiss. And then also, the thing is, though, all three to four of my potential first kisses happened on the same trip to Hawaii. Wow. How old were you? I was 17. Wow. Yeah. Meanwhile, in second grade, I was a little slut. Wait, you had your first kiss in second grade? Yes. Wait, this person who listens to the podcast, brother, you went to second grade with? Yes. You made out in second grade? Okay. I don't know if I believe that. Second grade? Yes. Okay. 
Well, I was 17. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was, it was the summer before my senior year of high school. And I went to Hawaii and I just tried to play catch up with myself. I got drunk for the first time on that trip. I kissed three different boys. I did my first blow job. Oh my God. Yeah, I it was I was really trying to be efficient. I was like, I can't go into my senior year having done none of this. I think that I was a very fearless second grader, you know? I had to grow up fast. No, I don't I don't like this way of thinking. I don't at all want to think about you as like a sexy second grader. <laughs> so if we can move on from that, if we can if we can all get off of that train. I'm jumping off. I'm doing the the roll jump right into the bushes. This is my style. Got to get up, or I might fall. Excuse me. Excuse me. episode 11 prize fighters hell yeah so immediately we're back into the lasagna debate helen is like jake did you forget to buy lasagna because he's clearly making something else he's got some salad that he's mixing he's got a sweet potato and he is ready for this prime rib to be delivered at the exact moment that he is trying to serve dinner. I feel like this is the first time that it's been called out. Yes. Completely. Because it's also uh, the many listeners who have sent in that this is clearly frozen lasagna, uh, which we do appreciate. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. So correct. But this is Jake's new food venture. He thinks that he can buy prime rib in bulk and that they can just eat like kings. However, it ends up that this entire crate that he receives is all full of hot dogs, which it's like, that's still a win to get all those dogs. I guess if you're expecting high quality steak and you get a bunch of hot dogs, that's, it's different. It sure is different. You're my favorite mistake. I mean, Jake tries to frame it that way. Yeah, and I, and there's so much you could do with hot dogs, and he does prove that. I was on board with this food venture. But there's also a really important conversation going on at the dinner table, which is about the fact that Daria is going away to college soon. Knowing the way Helen is, I'm surprised that this conversation hasn't come up sooner, because presumably, yeah, I guess I'm a little confused about, I don't remember, that does... The film is at college yet. That's when they're still finishing up high school, correct? That's when graduation happens. I think it's the summer before and maybe like bleeds into a little bit of the beginning. It just seems like timeline wise, Daria should have already been applying to colleges. This makes it seem like 
she's trying to do things preemptively before she applies to college. And we only have two episodes after this before the end of the season. So anyway, whatever, cartoon logic. But yeah, they can get away with more because cartoons. But um, it still feels like something that Helen maybe would have been cognizant of earlier because she's bringing up points about Daria that she's known Daria's whole life and her whole high school career that she doesn't do extracurriculars. No, she's not involved. She's got the academics, but that's about it. And that she might need some scholarships or some other things to show for herself in order to get into the colleges she probably would want to go to. Right, because they also don't have the financial freedom to like send her anywhere she wants. And so I think that they're also kind of like, or Helen is kind of low-key telling her, like, hey, just so that you have more options and it's not limited by our financial situation, you should really try for these scholarships. It's not for me. It's not for your dad. It's literally for you. Yeah, and I think also just if Daria wants to get in, it's not just about affording it. It's it's the, the era of, of becoming like a well-rounded person and being able to show on paper to an institution that you are well adjusted which daria in that way is not right and so then as as daria is looking into uh scholarships she stumbles upon the wizard foundation but she's also looking at like all these ways that you can stand out in a scholarship application which are a bunch of things that are just like you would have to like give up your like teenage life to try and do these things like they're really high achievements that not even a lot of adults have accomplished that they want teenagers to have worked towards to get this scholarship. Like it should have been on her radar a long time ago. And I think that that's part of her insecurity in it is that like she's missed the boat in a way. I think that she feels right. They they call upon you to be a specific expert in something or to have accomplished certain things that are very rare for high schoolers to have done. There was a line I like where they're talking about how the Wizard Foundation calls for the pursuit of excellence. And Jane's like, oh, you don't actually have to have caught it. You just have to be pursuing excellence, which I uh, enjoyed. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, it's not clear. We'll see through the episode that Jane is going to become a little ornery around this, but this has not come out yet. Right now, she's just sort of like, yeah, all right. Do, you do you, Daria. But also there's like this air of like, yeah, you fucking conformist. Like, sure, go for it. Mm-hmm. And Daria even throws her a bone and is like, oh, for this one, you could have had art in a museum, even if it's just a local museum. Yo, you've done that. Like, you have achieved this thing that's on here that like I haven't been close to. So like, you could even do this if you want to. But it starts to become a little more clear to us that Jane isn't really thinking about college. Yeah, and she downplays that she'd even want to do that. Which also brings to question, like, I guess what's the fate of their friendship? There is definitely, like, a different life that you lead if you're going in different directions, you know, especially if you're moving away to go to college. Well, even going to different colleges will do that. So, yeah. I mean, as we saw in season four of Buffy, when... Xander doesn't go to college. Oh my God, I love this. You just love that I know things about Buffy now. <laughs> you know, that that causes, to your point, like a big point of insecurity and tension between Xander and the friends, or more so in his mind. But 
Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And maybe that's partly why, fast forward to 2018, um, other than wanting, you know, to be more inclusive with their cast, maybe that's why it's Daria and Jody and not Daria and Jane. Maybe the implication is that they did grow apart. Right. Maybe Jane finally realized how fucked up it was that Daria stole Tom. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you're inside that trauma, you don't recognize it for what it is. And then you take a step away, you go off on your artsy path and you're like, whoa, I was being gaslit. Totally. And so now we see Jody and Daria. By way of contrast, this is really like here. If anything, these two scenes back to back are showing how different Jane and Jody are. Totally. And so Jody is like, hey, I know you're probably not interested, but we do need another newspaper editor. And, you know, if you need something to boost your transcripts, like this could be it. Just throwing you a bone. So Daria tells her about the Wizard Foundation scholarship. Do you believe that extracurriculars are really what like puts you over the edge in, in college applications? Or do you mainly feel like that's for like if you don't have the grades or if you're like competing to get into like an Ivy League school? I can only speak to my experience and it was competing with people who are all trying to get into Ivy League schools. So it really was like, I, I, I don't, I, I feel like it was one of many boxes that they check off of sort of like, at first glance, looking at the applicant and being like, make sure they have a certain average grade, doing at least two to three things outside of their classes, doing at least two to three sports, having a good essay, having good recs, like it's all creates a full picture. But I don't think I think if someone is truly remarkable, in other ways, you wouldn't have to necessarily have these things. But I think you'd have to really stand out like be at the top of the of the pile. Yeah, I, I, I had like a very traumatically competitive experience of of this time of life. These episodes wild. are a little triggering. That's wild. I just applied to one college and that was the only college I looked into. I, I wish I would have looked into other colleges. Obviously, I wouldn't trade my experience. But, you know, if I could do it all over again, I'd like go to New York or something. I applied early to an Ivy college, um, didn't get in and then applied to, I think, six colleges and got into three. And honestly, I mean, I'm happy now with the path my college life took me. I didn't end up graduating from any of the three colleges I originally got into because I transferred later. But I could have gone to Smith. One of the colleges I got into was an all-girl school. And at the time, I was hetero baby. Wow. And was like, oh, what am I going to do at Smith? Like they said, the only times that boys are around are when the acapella groups come from other colleges to perform. <laughs> right? I could have really accelerated some things for myself. Uh, that wasn't meant to be for me. It wasn't my destiny. But I look back and I'm like, wow, that's a choice I really could have made. Damn. Yeah. We get that Daria is very resistant to applying to scholarships. Well, and when she when she pitches it to Jody or when she tell, talks to Jody about it, she makes it sound like I'm not even going to probably do this anyway. She's like really grossly like lazy sounding about it. She's just sort of like, yeah, we'll see if I even follow through. Totally. Like she she thinks it's lame for people to have to grovel for money. Uh, specifically scholarship money 
And she also says that she wouldn't want to get the prize based on a phony persona. She doesn't want to have to sacrifice any any part of her morality to try to get this scholarship money. But she realizes that maybe she does have to play this game a little bit if she's even going to have a chance. So she writes the essay and it's a very Daria-esque, like harsh realism take hot take on how to improve the world and it's just sort of like very observant and brutally honest and antisocial just like you know other essays we've seen her write before of just sort of calling out things exactly as she sees them right and that ends up getting her an interview like she's a finalist for this but she comes to find out that Jody applied for it as well as did Upchuck and, and Daria's pissed. She's like, yo, what the fuck? I told you about this. On Jody's end, it's like, you didn't even sound like you wanted to apply for this. And I think that, especially when you're like in adulthood, when you're friends with a lot of people who have the same career aspirations as you do, like you have two routes when you find out about a cool opportunity. You know what I mean? It's like you can either share that opportunity or you can just like keep it to yourself and, you know, believe that you have a better chance of less people know about it. And I think that's something that you kind of like learn through adulthood is like you have two different roads you can take. And Daria's is obviously like the one where she wants to keep it tight to her chest because she doesn't want anyone else to get it or know about it. But also she doesn't want to pursue it either it's like this weird selfish thing that i think is totally based in like this insecurity of hers yeah and and her angry reaction to jody in this moment feels really inconsistent also with like when daria you know goes off about the evils of the world and the and like the social ills it's like she prides herself on being able to see those things clearly, but clearly doesn't hold herself accountable to help remedy those evils. Like you would think that she would want to uplift women of color, you know, or like participate in being the change in some way. But she's she she has the cynicism without the idealism. Like she's not taking it upon herself to make changes in micro ways that are going to address the things that she sees as so awful about the world. So yeah, she just sort of like is festering in this really like unattractive place. And also the contrast of Jody offering her the editor position and then later offering Daria the contact information for a coach. Like Jody is being more like a teammate in this way and, mm-hmm. and, doing a little bit of like a yes and and inviting Daria in, whereas Daria is being a lot more individualistic about it. Totally. So Helen wants to make Daria stand out. And so she found a coach that could help Daria learn how to interview well. And it it's kind of like a real Sparky Palastri situation, it felt like. Oh, yeah. Like totally. when they all hire the same choreographer. But yeah, Helen wants to tilt the scales. She's even financially investing in Daria getting this interview correct. But that even that turns Daria off even more that she's like, oh, great. Now I'm going to like have to learn how to like speak and and conduct myself. Like, isn't that even worse? And that's when we start to hear how Jane feels about that, too, which is like Jane is even taking on like this cynicism that Daria generally has, too. And this idea that something that's supposed to be based on merit can be bought, which 
yeah, hello, that's privilege in practice. Like, hello, people who could afford SAT training, you know, and SAT coaches, and then suddenly got the best scores like that is and also just in general have been raised and been able to afford the education that syncs up with the format of the SATs. Like, there's so many ways that this is just the truth of things. And I forget where exactly it is, but I feel like there's one scene, it may be in this moment, where Helen is sort of like, yeah, Daria, that's the way it is out yeah. there. So like, you better get used to it. When Jody refers the coach to Daria in front of Jane, Jane Daria's Daria, basically. Yeah, that there was like Daria some ar- archetypal role reversal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jane is now playing like the gatekeeper of morality or totally. like code of ethics or something but we also i think kind of learned that like it's not because she believes it necessarily i think hers is based in insecurity too so tom comes over to help daria with a mock interview which i found pretty sweet i like that he's kind of only popping up to like ground daria in a way yeah and to be hashtag woke tom yeah his interview question is is funny because he's like he wants daria to feel prepared to face evil basically and um he lets her in on the fact that they only have two women vps and only one person of color in senior management and like that's their cap that they prefer they don't want to advance the careers of women and people of color when daria doesn't say anything about it tom is like wait a minute there's no protesting of sexism and racism like wait a minute this isn't the daria that i know daria rushes over to jody and tells her like here's the truth about this place that we are both applying to there's just so many moments throughout this episode of it being really interesting to notice when daria shares something with jody when jody shares something with daria and what the motive is behind each of those choices. And in this moment, again, Daria being very much in her white privilege, like talking to her black peer and calling something as being like the KKK, which obviously is extremely offensive and reductionistic of, of what the situation is. And Jody like low-key calls her out on it. But that does put like wizard in a whole new context. Like the fact it's wizarding as the title. But then Mr. Landon walks in and and he sort of lets on that like, oh, yeah, that's that's a known thing about this company. But he has the very like American dream capitalistic point of view of use this to your to your advantage, girls. Like obviously someone inside of this company wants to potentially make a change at the company and who better to hire for the scholarship than a young woman and especially a young black woman, um, given that they have such lack of diversity and upper management. Kind of gives what he thinks is like a rousing inspirational speech to them. I think that it was a really a really interesting approach to, okay, you see something that is clearly so not diverse. Like you see a company that's like all white dudes and it's like, if there's an opportunity for you to get in there and for you to be the change, would you rather do that? Or would you rather just be like, never mind, I'm not even going to go for it. And then they've already won without even doing anything about it. Well, and then I think even if you were to try to be the change and take the job, there's so much nuance even once you've made that choice. Because I feel like we've talked about this before about, for example, women of a certain age 
who have established themselves in Hollywood and how not all the time, but in certain cases, when you see their behavior, it's clear they've just modeled their behavior after other people who already have the power, which has traditionally been straight white men. So that's like you see women being abusive of their power in similar ways that you've seen men historically be. And a lot of times it's like, are you systemically really changing anything if you are just adapting your own behavior to be like someone that you think you need to be to have the power versus like creating a new way? And I don't think Jody or Daria are really going about it in a trailblazing way. Like Jody's kind of like, how can I fit into the system and hopefully make change from within? And Daria's sort of like, I'm too lazy and cynical to even try to get in the system. Right. So Daria meets with, with Dr. Donata and his advice sucks. It's it's basically like project that you're a winner through a million dollar smile and dress the part. And so it's basically only about like the appearance. It's not anything about her academic achievements. It's not anything about it's it's not anything about anything internal at all. It's just all like external how you present yourself. Yeah, and when she box against that, he's like, do you even want this? And she's like, well, answer me this. If this is a company that has less than stellar ethics, then does it make me more deserving if I act ethically in the interview or unethically? And that alone sort of stumps Dr. Donata. And he's just like, so your outfit. Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to wear, though? But then we get to the interview. And it's Jody and Upchuck and Daria all together. And we see that Jody and Upchuck have dressed up. However, Daria is still donning her traditional garb. They all have different approaches. Upchuck sucks up so hard. He brings candy that he thinks the guy likes. He's like trying to connect with him on like a guy to guy level. Yeah, he's doing the boys club thing. Totally. Yeah. And Jody is giving very heartfelt responses, like I think very incredible responses that if it were someone else interviewing would be like, hell yeah. But obviously this guy is just like, please just give me the answers that I want. Just give me these stock answers. And Daria is giving the most brutally honest answers. But I couldn't tell if the interviewer even wanted the stock answers because I feel like Jody's kind of were stock answers. I think that that they had more heart than stock answers. But why would he be like audibly groaning? Like, I feel like it was a little unclear why he didn't like Jody's answers. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he was just so sick of this job. Like he was like, oh, I've I've listened to a bunch of 17 year olds feed me the same lines for, you know, five days now. I thought maybe it was just sort of like him being exhausted with with the process. But yeah, that was a little confusing. Then, you know, when he asks, what's your weakness? Daria says my inability to answer stock questions with stock answers. And then, of course, we get to why do you deserve this scholarship? And with Daria, it's that slow zoom in, that slow truck in where we know that she's about to read him. Yes. And she gives her answer. And it's obviously like caked and fuck you. And basically, she's calling out the company completely. However, the interviewer seems kind of most disappointed that Daria didn't give the answers that he needed because he's like, actually, 
I was really responding to your lighthearted satirical essay. Like he he didn't believe that it was honest because it was all on the page. But then obviously when he met Dara, he was like, oh, no, this is just like who this person is. And she completely believes this. But she kind of had the best chance of everyone and she squandered it. And Jody's answer to the why do you deserve it was about wanting to give back to her community. And Upchuck's answer was about being a go-getter. So again, it was like Jody had the... I want to uplift everyone around me, answer. Upchuck was very, I want to uplift myself. And Darius was very like, fuck you, you don't uplift women. So obviously I'm wasting my time here. Right. And I think maybe if if they would have been more, if, if Daria would have been more like company forward, because I think that's what was missing. Me, like if it would have been about like the growth of the company, maybe that would have been what he wanted to hear or something. So then the trio, ugh, I don't want to include Upchuck in any trio. The three of them are sitting outside on the sidewalk in front of school, dejected. Clearly, none of them got it. They must have told them right all right away. And Daria apologizes to Jody because she realizes that she had wanted this. She had wanted it badly enough to be mean to Jody when Jody got the coach or when Jody decided to apply as well, but not bad enough, badly enough to suck up. So they sort of have a moment of like, hey, sorry about what I did back there when I was self-interested. Yeah. Um, and they sort of have a, a mutual moment of apology that Upchuck, of course, completely misses. And he's outside of this. He's he's going to keep doing his upchuck thing and he's probably going to do fine professionally. He's going to find someone who totally eats what he's cooking. And then Jane and Daria kind of get their check-in where Jane's a little honest about where her anger was coming from and it was coming from a place of insecurity that she, you know, saw the big brains compete for the academic achievement when she hasn't and she feels left out about it. And they, you know, they realize that they've reached this place in their friendship that, you know, they're getting older and they're starting to care about shit that they didn't care about before. And they're going to have to face these kind of obstacles that were inevitable in a way, you know, like the future of where both of them are going to end up and what they're both going to be interested in. And then, you know, we get to this hot dog eating contest and it makes me want a hot dog real bad. I actually, I'll admit, I had one hot dog left from our 4th of July trip that we took to the mountains. There was one. You ate it right after this. There was one hot dog left in the fridge. And I was like, you know what? After I watched this episode, which I I thought it was going to gross me out because all the little experiments he was doing with the hot dogs were like kind of gnarly. But instead, maybe it's my socialized Americanism. I was like, that sounds, and my time in Chicago, (laughs) that sounds great. I went, I did Chicago style, no ketchup. Put some slaw, put some onions, some jalapenos. Ate that puppy. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, A little piece of trivia. The head appears at the competition in two separate places at the same time. Do you remember the head? The MTV show? No. What is it? It kind of feels close to Kafka's metamorphosis because it's basically uh, Jim is this trade school student in NYC who awakens one morning to find that his cranium has enlarged to mammoth proportions. So like he's, it's kind of like Coneheads meets like metamorphosis in a way that he wakes up and he has like the largest brain. I've truly never heard of this. I would wow. maybe have to see the the art from it, but I have no recollection. You ever saw that? 
maybe I've seen the poster, but I've n- I never saw the show. Or cool, yeah. Wait, so that showed up in the episode? Mm-hmm. Where? In the in the hot dog eating competition. Oh wait, he was standing there. He was standing in two different places. Yeah, there was just two dudes with a huge head standing there. Yeah, they also uh, he appears on t-shirts all the time in the show. That's so weird. Wow. The trick of what you're expecting to see. I definitely was more into seeing the table of hot dogs. For sure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sicker Sadder World. We have two episodes of episodes left and then one episode of Is It College Yet? The Film. Three left. For those of you who are supporters on Patreon, thank you so much. Please continue. Our plan is basically to keep the Patreon going for probably around a month after our final episode. Uh, We'll still be providing some content and some fun things on there. So if you feel like hanging around, please do. Obviously, no pressure at all. If you are ready to bail when we're done, that's totally cool. But just so you know, it will be up for a little bit longer after we finish. Also, we invite you to join us over at Angel on Top, our Angel Rewatch podcast, and that has a Patreon as well. So if you want to stay on this journey with us, but want to bounce from one Patreon to the other, we sure would love that. You can also follow us on Twitter at SickerSadder. You can also check out our website, SickerSadderWorld.com, and uh, feel free to leave us a cool review on iTunes. For sure, because even after we finish up in a few apps this show is going to carry on into infinity so yeah people, people, can are, people are gonna discover this posthumously and be like that was the greatest work these two did in their lifetimes exactly yep so daria forever 